joined first by Alex Rossi. Alex, it's a little toasty here in Gateway today. How do you feel uh, coming into this weekend? Uh, yeah, good. I mean, we, we tested here, so um, that's positive. We knew it was obviously going to be a one-day event, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to move pretty quickly once uh, tomorrow starts. So um, it'll be interesting to see how that goes for everyone. It's kind of a new thing for us. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be here. It's always a, a great turnout. Um, I'm happy we're doing a night race again. Racing short ovals during the day is kind of pointless in my mind, so I'm glad, it, glad it's at night, and uh, I think it's going to be an awesome race. Out of curiosity for those who might not understand, what makes it more pointless to race during the day than at night on a shorter oval? Yeah, I mean, it's just, uh, it's it's hot. Um, track temps are, are really high, which makes it really hard to just follow cars. Um, it's, it's already difficult enough, so um, once the sun goes down, you lose 20, 30 degrees of track temp, um, which just makes the racing closer. I think it looks great. Um, under the Cars look great under the lights. You got the sparks. The paint looks good. It's just more exciting. It's just, it's just awesome. So it's the way short oval racing should be. So when you have practice at noonish, qualifying, it's still relatively hot out, and then you don't race till the night. How do you set up the car during the day to anticipate what's going to happen later in the evening? Well, it's a bit of a unique one because you can't. It's it's a park for May race, so yeah. meaning what you qualify is what you have to race. So track position is so important. Um, you're going to be everyone's going to be racing a qualifying car. Um, but it's the same for everyone. No one really knows what's going to be at night. Theoretically, everything just gets a little bit better and easier, so it's not like you have to anticipate things getting worse. So um, we're all in the same boat, and we'll see how it goes. Do you think we'll see a lot of passing here tomorrow? Um, I think the night will help. I think Firestone brought a softer tire as well, which will help. So I think it will certainly be a better show than we had last year on the doubleheader. Um, whether we'll be back to 2017, 2018, I don't, I don't know, but I think it will definitely be a step in the right direction. Awesome, man. Good luck this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks, Alex. Joined next by Ryan hunter Ray. Ryan had a good result a couple weeks ago in Nashville. Back at a track that you've had success at in the past. You looking forward to this weekend? Looking forward to a night race again? Yeah, I love short oval racing. It's one of my uh, you know, favorite forms of, uh, of racing. And can't really call it this place too short, but it is tight. You've yeah. got a tight radius corner here in turn one, turn one, two. And, um, yeah, getting back under the lights. That's what IndyCar is all about, so uh, definitely uh, good to be back here in St. Louis. For those who aren't familiar with this track, how would you describe you know, turn one and two versus turn three and four? Oh, man, turn one and two feels like a U-turn, um, and turn three and four just uh, feels like it, it never ends, so they're, they're, quite, they're quite different. All right, so you know, we've, we've heard you talk about the future and, and changes are coming. What is your time? A, what is your time meant to be at Andretti for the last 12 years? And B, is it hard to not kind of reminisce over these last handful of races before the uh, next chapter in your career comes? Yeah, I mean, I'm 40 years old. You know, it's um, I've, I've had uh, you know a very long and successful career, and uh, I've been with Andretti for 12 years. I mean, I'm not sure of any other driver than Dixon has been somewhere longer. So <laughs> um, it's been uh, it's been absolutely great great run with uh, DHL and really appreciate all their support over the years and yeah i'm looking forward to uh, a new challenge um leading into 22 awesome so let's wrap it up with one final question here for me we've got you know the oval here then we've got a couple road courses to end the season if you're picking one that you know hey i'm going on the podium this this race you're you're rolling off the truck confident between portland laguna and long beach with 
with Mr. Hinchcliffe uh, tickling his ears behind him right now, which which is the one you're most looking forward to? Uh, you know, I'll take I'll take it success at any one of them, yeah. but um, you know, uh, it'd be great to do it here. Long Beach would be special as well. That's kind of where our whole chapter started with Andretti Autosport winning there in 2010. Awesome, man. Well, good luck. All right, thank you. We're joined now by James Hinchcliffe. James, it's been a, a roller coaster year, but you're going into a track that I'm pretty sure you've had some good results at in the past. Does that make it a little easier to just kind of focus on, on you know, not what's happened everything this year as your teammate tickles you now in return? Is that, I enjoyed it. I was wanting to do it. Yeah. You're into this. Get this one out. Get this one out. Is, is it hard to focus when you get tickled? Let's start with that. No, I like it. I wish Hunter Ray could sit in the back of the car with me and just tickle my ear all day. <laughs> Those are the two-seaters, James. Yeah, all right. Yeah. With the leather helmets. Are you going to drive the two-seater through Indy and tickle the person in front of you or behind you? It'd be hard to do the behind. Yeah. It'd be hard to do that. I didn't really think that one through. No, that's all right. It's, we're spitballing here. Yeah. We're throwing things at the wall, seeing what sticks. That's um, not it. No, that did not. That is sliding all the way to the floor. No, honestly, you know, we've... Uh, <laughs> I've been doing this long enough that I've had decent races at pretty much every track. Yeah. Uh, I think Portland's the only one on the, on the schedule so far I can say I've literally never done well at because I kept getting involved in first corner incidents in the few years we've been back. Yep. Previously in my career, I'd never finished worse than second there. So actually, even that place, I got a lot of good memories at. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I mean, it's nice to know every week we're coming to a place where we've run well in the past. And so it's just, it's just a function of executing on that, on that weekend, you know, we've, like you say, we've had a bit of a roller coaster. We've had some really big struggle weekends that we weren't expecting. We've had some strong weekends that get derailed for reasons outside of our control as well. You know, it's just kind of been one of those years. But uh, we had a test here a couple weeks ago, and, and it went pretty decently. And tight format, you know, we'll, we'll see how it works out. Hopefully we get to qualify because if we start on points, I'm kind of screwed before we even get going. But, uh, but yeah, we'll see how it goes. So when you have something like a one-day and I, I said this to somebody earlier, you know, he practices, I don't know, noon, qualifying is a couple hours later, the race is a couple hours later. How do you, A, stay, like, hydrated in one day, especially because it's, you know, very hot? And, B, how do you stay mentally sharp with any curveballs as A throws at you? Because you don't have time to, like, you know, sleep it off. Like, it's, it's, it's coming a couple hours later. Yeah, these weekends weekends these days are tough you know there's, there's no doubt about it and, and especially when it's a night race you know because like you say first practice isn't until noon yeah. racing at 7 45 or whatever it is it's not even like a, a one-day show where you're on track at nine o'clock for warm-up and then and then you know and then you're still done by five o'clock here we haven't even started our race at five o'clock so it makes for a really long day transitioning between practice mode qualifying mode race mode all in that short time frame is is definitely a challenge uh, it's a Park Fair May race, so trying to find that right balance in the setup between qualifying and the race, huge challenge. So all in all, these days, are they're mentally exhausting, they're physically challenging, and that's not just for us. The crew guys as well, they're getting up early, working on cars in the heat all day, still have to perform in the pit stop. So it's, it's, a, it's a big ask for everyone involved. So do you prefer double headers, or do you prefer all one-day events? Oh. <laughs> double header ovals, even. Versus double well, so I'm, I've, I've always been very publicly against double headers. Yeah. So I feel like I have to go with the one-day events, okay. even though that's also like not ideal. Not ideal. The lesser of two evils. The lesser of two evils. Uh, yeah, I would, I would definitely go with. I just, I just don't believe in double headers. So I, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go with, I'm gonna go with one-day events, much as it pains me to say it. <laughs> 
the answer is C. Thank None you, of the above. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Go back to how we used to do it. That's how AJ <laughs> did it. Dang it. It still works. When can we go to Michigan? So you read Facebook comments too. I don't. I know. I, I just know that that's just a generic. Oh yeah, and I, I avoid a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's probably the safe thing to do. We had some fun this morning on Twitter. Um, so. In the Alanis oh King, I still have Chris no idea Angel. what that is. I joined some. There's some new thing Spaces. on Twitter. Yeah. Spaces. Thank I you. Was there. Yeah. I, yeah. I I don't know what I was doing. I just saw it. I'm like, what's this? And I clicked on it, and they're talking racing, and someone's like, let's bring Hinch. And I was like, what? Yeah. So I flushed the toilet and I uh, jumped on and uh, right. Yeah. And then I left. I I had, I had to walk my dogs. Honestly, that's why I left. And, uh, and then I started getting harassed on Twitter about Chris Angel out of nowhere. So there's a, so there's a thing. I assumed there was a thing. There's a thing. It's a big, it is a big thing. It's a big thing. But you, yeah, everybody has to rate him. Why? Why him? Oh, it's a whole thing. Yeah, you're right. I actually, I don't we don't have enough time in that's this fair. whole pit to try to that's delve fair. into why that's yeah. a thing. I gave him a two. Perfect. Which like is in U.S. from Canada, it's like a one point six eight probably. Yeah. Is it one to five or one to ten? One to ten. So my question, because I was not listening, but Shannon texted me that you and uh, Andy Lally were were talking oh, yeah. about the uh, it was me. the it road was course. Me. Yeah, yeah. Yes. No drivers. Drivers are idiots. I'm an IndyCar guy. So, so I'm like, nope, she's gonna stick. So we got some uh, blowback for pretty much agreeing with what you said this morning. Uh, or what you said the other day. So, what is your opinion on the uh, curb debate? If it's the tracks. Yeah. If it's the tracks. How, how do you, how do you, politi- how do you like po- a- politically put it? Because what you said, okay. I wholly agro- agreed with. Right. The you know, like as if, drivers. If there was a wall there, you would have to figure out a way to not hit that wall. Mic, so mic drop. <laughs> right, like there are there are there are two sides to the story. I understand and get both. You don't want to put something out there that's just going to wreck cars if somebody gets in a bad spot. But like, you also don't want to put yourself in a spot that could end up bad. So you. But also, two other series had ran that same track and that same corner well, with no issues. It's, it's like I said in the Indy cars, we don't have those curves. But even the flat, like right. ten millimeter curbs, right. if you hit them with four wheels, you are going airborne. We saw it at the start of the race issue with McLaughlin. We yeah. saw it last year with Piggott. So we, you just know you can't do that, and so you try not. Now those guys bump and bang and force each other into situations more often than we do. At the end of the day, guys, it's a team. So like the drivers shouldn't be trash talk in the track the track should be working with the dry and we can all just figure it out together can no it doesn't yeah and this the most canadian answer you've ever heard <laughs> but like we don't need to blame anybody we just need to work together and make it better and come up with a compromise and deal with it. all right we're going to sing kumbaya so we're going to end the recording there and thank you very much we'll you get, get a perfect. fire going and oh sorry sorry guitar and then we do wonder wall oh yes yeah i'll, I'll get the marshmallows perfect. we'll call it a day okay best of luck this weekend thank you so much appreciate it guys and this is our show we are we are now talking with Rena's VK about our new giraffe show, uh, which is not at all serious. But Renus, you're going back to uh, an oval for the first time since May. How excited are you to be here? Night race, so should be uh, should be a close battle. And you've got a your boss is your teammate who's been pretty damn good here in the past. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I like the track, and it's it's fun. Uh, it's hot though. Good thing we're racing at night, but. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, yeah, just a special race, uh, you know, first double since yeah. since Indy, so 
first short oval of the season, so and the only one, I guess, yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, it's gonna be fun. Uh, I think there's gonna be many people trying crazy strategies, and you know, I think uh, it's definitely gonna be a cool race. Um, we found in in uh, the test like a month ago. The track's a little bit different than last year, so uh, like the track grip and everything. So we'll see how that goes, but uh, yeah, I'm excited. How did the test go? Are you feeling like a one-day show with the test is enough to have a rocket ship and get up there? Um, we had some stuff we wanted to work on, so it was definitely not perfect, which I'm happy with. Sure. It's like it was still. You, you learned then. Yeah. It was a decent test, and we yeah. could still improve. So uh, we really know what we need, and uh, we also worked hard on the simulator. And I think, especially this track. It's really good with like setup, like setup on the sim. It's really good for like on track. So that's definitely uh, very nice that I can do that, and I'm very ready for this uh, for this race. How often do you work? Do you do sim work? Um, most of the time, like the week of the race, okay. like it's either Monday or Wednesday uh, before the race. So we always like to do that, but now. In the West Coast, because everyone's kind of going to stay there. Yeah. Uh, we just have one sim day before Portland, and that's going to be it. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, that's going to be uh, a little different, but I think, you know, I know all those tracks except Long Beach, but it's just Long Beach, right? So. Yeah, it's just Long Beach, it's just one track. It's just a beach, it's very long. So, so we'll wrap it up with one final question here. If uh, you were going to name Ed Carpenter after a giraffe, what kind of giraffe would it be? I also don't know if there's multiple types. I don't know. Um, I'm making that up. Listen, we're just having fun here. It's like 9,000 degrees. That's, uh, that's a hard question. Um, I did find out, like, I was, for some reason, Googling, like, every person in the team, like, his first name. Yeah. Like, that could fit into a vegetable name. Okay. And then I Googled, what is... What vegetable has ED in it? Because yeah. I thought Ed yeah. found out that that means erectile dysfunction. Um, <laughs> so, I guess. Probably, so probably. We're not gonna go with edamame. The cucumber. <laughs> there we go. Nice, nice recovery there. We've got some uh, vintage cars on track, so we'll wrap it up. Best of luck tomorrow, man. Yeah, thank you. We're joined by both of the Foyt drivers, as I forgot to hit record the first time. Dalton, your first time here in IndyCar. You had a test here last month, uh, and you also have an experienced teammate. What are you expecting tomorrow? You know, I think the expectations really are just kind of, you know, see how things shake out when we pull, roll the cards off, off the truck, see how our balance is like for the long run. You know, it's an important uh, balance between trying to figure out, you know, if you want an all-out qualifying car or, or, or for the longevity of the race being a sort of an impound race. So, you know, we'll have to make that decision with the team and, and see how it goes. But when we were here for the test, you know, I think our, our overall balance was okay, but we didn't quite have the, the one, two-lap qualifying pace that we, you know, we're really looking forward to get towards the front of the field. So that'll be something that we're working on for sure. Sebastian, you've been here probably a few times. You had a good result a couple of years ago, I think. It was in the top five. Yeah, I mean, we, we qualified really well in 19. And we were almost on pole, but unfortunately, we, we ran all, all day, uh, all night at the front, and then uh, 
just getting back up to speed on uh, on cold tires. The front took off and got in the mobiles and hit the wall coming off a four. So that was that was a rough end and uh, kind of Rob Santino of his first win probably because both cars were uh, right up there all night. So that that was a bit of a sour taste. But uh, yeah, I mean definitely a place where uh, I know what what I can do and uh, you know hopefully uh, hopefully we can get the car in the window. You've got a jam-packed day tomorrow. Everything's within pretty much seven or eight hours. How do you, you know, when do you switch from qualifying mode to race mode? Or, you know, when in practice does that determination switch and how quick is that switch? How quick does that switch need to be to get everything ready? Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously you need fresh tires to do quality sims. So it's fairly early on that you're going to do the quality sims and then do the long runs with those tires. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty much going to be, uh, you know, cut in two and uh, the first the first part is probably going to be mostly uh, about you know kind of putting a baseline in the car seeing where you're at baseline wise balance wise trying a couple of things do a couple quality sims and then some race running so we'll let these uh, cars go by here real quick Dalton running should be simple just put on your shoes and go and yet, when you try to learn about how to get better at it, especially as you age, you're confronted with conflicting advice, complicated workouts, and confusing nutrition trends that just won't work for you. On The Planted Runner, I'll share exactly how to run faster, longer, and feel great doing it at any age because you don't have time to waste. I'm Coach Claire Bartholik, and I went from not running at all in my late 30s to finishing a marathon in 2.58 at age 42, all on a plant-based diet. I've helped hundreds of runners achieve new personal records well into their 60s and even 70s with science-back training, plant-based nutrition, and proven mental strength techniques. Each episode of The Planted Runner is like a private coaching session on the run where you'll learn from me and the guests I interview. You'll get actionable lessons to help you become a better runner every week and reach goals that you never thought possible. Whether you're training for your first 5K or your 50th marathon, take along the planted runner on your next run. Let me show you how your best running is still ahead of you. Hey there, and welcome to the Joy of Paddle podcast, hosted by me, Minter Dial, a veteran of the paddle tennis world, and sponsored by Paddle 1969. Whether you're a paddle tennis aficionado, just beginning or have never even heard of paddle or padel as it's called in North America. This is an exhilarating new show that delves into the captivating stories of notable paddle personalities worldwide. In its inaugural season, you'll be treated to exclusive anecdotes, valuable tips, life lessons, and humorous moments shared by esteemed professional paddle players, industry insiders, and passionate paddle enthusiasts. With each season aligning with the pro tour, you can anticipate two engaging episodes per month. The Joy of Paddle podcast is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, where you can find other great shows in a number of categories, such as sports, health and wellness, true crime, and fiction. To find out more about Evergreen Podcasts, go to www.evergreenpodcast.com. Vamos! We're headed towards the end of 2021. We we know what your teammate here wants to do for 2022. Uh, 
have you had advanced discussions with the teams? Or things? How are things looking for uh, for next year? Yeah, there's no major announcements right now. You know, we're we're kind of in the early stages of those sort of conversations for next year. Um, you know, would would love to be back full time with the guys and with with with, with the AJ Foy team and see if we can keep this program growing. You know, it's been been a, a steady improvement I think during the year and it would be nice to see that momentum continue. Uh, but like I said, no no major announcements yet. When realistically, when would you hope something like that is is done in the offseason? I know realistically these things often go you know right before spring training and whatnot so but when would you both like to get next year finalized I mean, other than today yeah i think you you know you 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 would ideally have it more or less wrapped up or at least in the stage where you're just kind of you know massaging the last bits of the contract or deal before the end of the season because then you can kind of go into off-season testing sort of right away and know what your plan is for the off-season um but you know that's that's not that's not necessarily always the case. But that's that's kind of what you're what you're hoping for, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, the earlier the better for sure. But I think you know you, you want to get it done before Thanksgiving, pretty much. You know, just just so you can start the end of the year and and you know just whatever change happens or not, then then you you know what you got and you're going to holidays having a, a firm plan in in place. Awesome. Well, best of luck this weekend, guys. Thank you. Joined now by Alex Pillow. I almost hit the wrong button again. Now I'm paranoid that I'm going to hit the wrong button when I hit record. Sure it's the right one. So obviously starting off the weekend, before you even get here with a grid penalty because of the engine issue, on a track like Gateway that's not that's kind of a short oval, does it make it even more difficult? Or are you pretty confident in the team and the car that you'll be you'll be okay come race race time tomorrow night? I mean, I'm sure we will be okay, but uh, it, it makes it more difficult always. I mean, um, even if you have the fastest car, you always want to start P1. Um, and obviously, we know we will start uh, worse than what we're going to qualify. That's 100% for sure. So it's it's okay. Nothing we can do now. Uh, we The good thing is that we have 260 laps to try and make up those nine spots and, and hopefully get to the car to victory lane. But, yeah, I think with the experience I had this year in Ovals, two races at Texas, uh, one at Indy, I think we should be in a good position. So a lot of people have their opinions on the grid penalties and whatnot. What are, what are, your, what are your thoughts that you can say as we stand here surrounded by IndyCar officials? They're bad. Um, I mean, I, I understand that when... When you change an engine to, to try and make get an advantage because you want less miles and, and you basically want to push that engine more to the limit, let's say get more power, I, I, I understand that you get a penalty for that. But when you blow up an engine because there's a mechanical failure and, and you lose already a race where that was like 30 points and they put you again nine spots, maybe it's not the best thing, but um, it's IndyCar it's the rules so we will just follow the rules and not complain so that's what we're gonna try and do now you you on the radio last week had mentioned you were running on lean because there was already an engine issue early in the race did you think early on we might be in trouble today or did you think you could hang in there until the end man you you never know and on racing you you always know until the flag is not down you're not done and you're not safe so you are always ready to for something to happen. 
Um, we obviously took that away from our heads and, and kept on pushing. That's why we were catching the leaders at that point. But uh, I was ready, man. When that blew off and I saw smoke, I was like, okay. Yeah, I mean, it was... Yeah, like, I knew it was coming. I didn't know if it was coming, like, in 10 laps, 20 laps, in two races. So um, it's okay. It's nothing that we could have done differently. Um, we... We need to take into account that we, we're putting the tires to the limit. We're putting every part of the car, the engines, into the limit. So that's racing and sometimes happen. You have uh, things that go wrong, but it's okay. Okay, so since you're going to start with your grid penalty anyway, when you go to qualify tomorrow, do you want to try to be more for a race car? Because you're not going to have a whole lot of time in between, right? Because it's all in one day. So you want to try to qualify as high as you can, even though you're going to get that penalty? Or you want to just... <laughs> or you don't want to tell me your trade secrets? <laughs> no, no, it's not going to change much. But, I mean, it's not the same to start 10th yeah. uh, than if you start 17th. Yep. Um, if you start 10th, it's okay. You're there. Nobody makes crazy moves. Normally, normally you never know. But uh, when you're 17th or 22nd, you know that there's more crazy stuff going on there. So we want to qualify as high as possible. And qualifying as high as possible is going to make your race car better. That's always happening. So um, I'm comfortable with our race pace, all the races, Indy 500, Texas, um, every all, Barber, all the races that we've been. So, yeah, I'm, I'm focused on qualifying now, try to get the most of it. And, and if we, we can start 10th, that would be a good day. If we can not start there, but it's okay. We'll try and make that. That's fine too, yeah. right? I mean, yeah, 11 <laughs> would be fine as well. So... I want to qualify for sure. Hopefully the, the weather doesn't prevent us from qualifying. But, um, yeah, let's see. So if the weather prevents you from qualifying, you would technically start on pole and drop to 10th. So, so maybe, maybe you, you do, do want, want it to rain. To no, because then my competitors will be starting second, third. Okay, oh. good point, good point. I mean, um, it's not going to get worse. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, that would be the, the worst thing for me. Like, yeah, I would start... 10th yeah. but uh, my competitors would start like start yeah. yeah I mean like yeah. so um, yeah I would not want to, that had to happen well no <laughs> this, yeah. this is why I'm I'm with I'm holding the microphone and not the race car the engineers were like oh you would be happy t tomorrow as well like 20 minutes oh, ago now I feel better yeah so and I was like no man like then <laughs> all the competitors will start in the first and second row so I don't know if that's a good thing for me so um, I mean we don't care. Like at the end, the race is the race. 260 laps. Who cares? Who starts P1? If you have a good car and a good day, good pit stops, you can finish up on on a win. And we saw that uh, on previous years here with Sato, Tony, with yeah. more people that even struggling at the beginning, you can make up some good spots. Awesome, man. Well, good luck tomorrow. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, guys. We are wrapping up a toasty <laughs> media bullpen with Roman Grosjean. Obviously, you're, you tested here last month, and you're here, and, and everything is jam-packed into one day tomorrow. Does that add to the, the stress of your oval debut, or is it, is it you know, you're just kind of, you're just going along with the flow? Well, we get it over sooner than later, you know, I think uh, that's the way to see it. It's less, uh, less stress of a few days. It's all condensed. I've, I think it's just ovals, you know, it's it's different way of, apart Indy 500, where you get two, three weeks to prepare uh, every other is a, is a short event, so I'm ready for it. I'm, I'm happy to be here. Um, I need to learn so much tomorrow uh, during the practice, the quality, the 260 laps of the race. 
Uh, obviously, as a racer, I want to do well, but I think what's most important is to come out of the event knowing uh, much more about ovals. What, uh, what changed your mind about doing ovals? Well, Gateway was always on my radar. I didn't okay. say officially from the beginning, but in some pitches when I told Dale Coyne that I wanted to do Gateway, uh, which I said Gateway at the time, he was like, what are you talking about? I said, it short no, about it. I said, ah, Gateway. I said, yeah, Gateway, that's what I say. Uh, anyway, uh, that's when I decided to do it. So it was actually quite early on. And uh, it's just, you know, it's a shorter oval. I felt more comfortable coming here. And uh, we'll see, we'll see how we get on. Yeah. Oh no, I lost my lost my train of thought. Okay, I got it. So, despite not racing in Texas and the Indy 500, you're about six or seven points back in the Rookie of the Year standings, which is incredible just to think about as it is. And now you're in the rest of the races the rest of the year, as is Scott McLaughlin. Is there, do, you, do you want to win? Like, is it, would that be something that would be like, hey, I, w I want to get this? And B, did you expect to be here at the beginning of the year with a question like that? <laughs> Is there a trophy for it? That's a great question. There has if to be. If there's a trophy, yeah, yes. If not, you know. <laughs> if not, we'll make one. We'll make yeah, oh, thank you. I mean, you know, here today, I do feel like a rookie. Yeah. On the other racetrack, it's hard to say I'm a rookie after yeah. 180 Grand Prix in Formula One. Yeah. Um, I'm amazed by Scott's season, really. Uh, he's super good at overs, so he may he may take some points this weekend. Uh, I've got three races though to get it back. I think uh, yeah, I'm more looking at a classification, general classification. Detroit, we got really unlucky, and Nashville as well. And if those three races would have gone as they should have, yeah. I would be up there. Yeah. Um, even missing four races, you know, I would be up there. So, oh well, you know, I, I knew coming in the season if I wasn't going to do every race, it was going to be tough. But uh, if I can, I can, if I can pull it off, I'll be happy. But again, I think the rookie of the year for me is Scott McLaughlin. McLaughlin. Whatever it says, I got it wrong all the time. Scotty Mac, Scott. and that's fine. You <laughs> know, I, I say McLaughlin. Matt, McLaughlin. Our, our other co-host, says McLaughlin. McLaughlin. You say it one it's way. It's McLaughlin. It's like a broken gearbox. McLaughlin. <laughs> we also hear the TV pronounce your name like 64 oh, different yeah. ways, too. I'll give you one tip. Faster you say it, easier it is. Romain Grosjean. If you say it fast in one word, it's, it works well. Yeah, I so didn't. That, if you say it's going Romain Grosjean, then it gets messy. But Romain Grosjean, there you get it. It's all one word. Yeah, exactly. You're on out. There you go. Well, let's wrap it up there with a little French lesson. And guys, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Thank Merci beaucoup. Coming up on 5-Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because the news landscape in the States has been so partisan for so many decades. So 5-Minute News is verified, truthful, independent, unbiased and essential world news daily.